This episode of The Thinker's Manifesto is brought to you by The Thinker's Workshop, an educational library and online community that will help you become a better thinker. Learn more at thinkers-workshop.com. That's thinkers-workshop.com. There is a raging debate among business leaders. It revolves around what's more important, an idea or its execution. On one side of the debate are people like Michael Dell, the founder of Dell Computer. He states, quote, ideas are a commodity. Execution of them is not, unquote. And thought leaders like Guy Kawasaki, who states, quote, ideas are easy. Implementation is hard. And even the great Steve Jobs said, quote, to me, ideas are worth nothing unless executed. They're just a multiplier. Execution is worth millions. This side of the debate makes a compelling argument for the importance of execution. But there are also proponents for the inherent value of ideas themselves. President John F. Kennedy eloquently stated, quote, a man may die, nations may rise and fall, but an idea lives on. Ideas have endurance without death. Even Thomas Edison believed the more ideas you have, the better your chances of coming up with a great one. Quote, to have a great idea, have a lot of them. And finally, the great industrialist Harvey S. Firestone, founder of Firestone Tire Company, summed up his value for ideas as follows. Quote, capital isn't that important in business. Experience isn't that important. You can get both of these things. What is important is ideas, end quote. Over the past few episodes, we attempted to answer this question through the perspective of starting a company based on an idea. And through the process, we found our own answer to this debate, one that we will share in this season finale episode. Welcome to Thinker's Manifesto, a podcast series that will help you think better. I'm your host, Sean Jackson. Over the past six episodes of season two, we approach the question of what matters more, an idea or its execution, from the story of our journey creating a company based on an idea. We've discussed how we generated our idea, the value of the first follower, and even the experience of our first major failure and how we recovered from it. Most importantly, we've discussed how this idea and our execution of it has grown and developed based on the people and perspectives we've encountered along the way. What we haven't done yet is provide a clear understanding of what our idea is and how we are executing on it. So let's do that now. Our vision is ambitious. We want to help people become better thinkers through the tools and educational materials we create. But what does that mean in practice? It starts with selling a notebook a physical product that thinkers can use in their daily lives. As we have found, most serious thinkers spend time writing with pen and paper as they explore and record their ideas. 
and we want to give them a tool that they can use while doing so. But the notebook is just the start of the journey. We have a weekly email newsletter called The Thinker's Roundup that provides essays and links to help subscribers improve different elements of their thinking. Our online community, The Thinker's Workshop, is bundled with the notebook purchase so that we can build a connection with other like-minded individuals through online interactions and educational resources. And finally, we have created a new type of note-taking app that is specifically designed for how we capture and share ideas in the physical world. You see, there are a lot of different note-taking apps that are great for taking notes on your computer, but they are not optimized for the way we capture and share ideas using our phone. Our app is. In fact, we really don't even like to call it a note-taking app. It's really an app for ideas, for capturing them, organizing them, and collaborating on them. In other words, it's an app for helping ideas flourish. So as you can see, our idea for helping people improve the way they think required a number of elements that we needed to execute on. Needless to say, it has not been an easy journey. Creating a physical product that works seamlessly with our app is a huge challenge. And as I record this season finale, we're on the precipice of launching the next version of our notebook and more importantly, our app. The next version of both products have been meticulously refined based on our own research and intuitions, as well as the input we've received from customers in the Thinkers Workshop. And to be completely frank, right now, I don't know for certain if we have the right idea or the right execution for going forward. But here's what I believe. I don't think it matters. Because the answer to what matters more actually has nothing to do with the idea or its execution. Episode 14, What Matters More? Throughout this season, there is a central theme that we have focused on, the value of people. It is not the individual who comes up with the idea or the person who works on it that matters. What really matters is the people who engage with the idea and work to make it real. One person's idea becomes exponentially better when the right people become engaged with the idea. It is their hard work and passion, collectively, that transforms and refines ideas to turn them into reality. Yes, individual contributions are important, but the collective effort of people will make an idea better and its execution stronger if they are aligned to the same values. In discussions of great companies, the concept of company culture often comes up. Culture extends throughout an organization, from helping recruit the right people to providing a guide in times of crisis. It is so important that many successful CEOs spend as much time working on company culture as they do anything else. In a global study of 7,500 business and HR leaders, Conducted by the Hay Group division of Corn Ferry, they find that driving cultural change ranks among the top three priorities of senior leadership. These results are not that surprising. In an excellent essay in the Harvard Business Review titled, The Leader's Guide to Corporate Culture, the authors state, quote, for better and worse, culture and leadership are inextricably linked. Founders and influential leaders often set new cultures in motion and imprint values and assumptions that persist for decades, end quote. They conclude their essay with a keen observation. Leading with culture 
may be among the few sources of sustainable competitive advantage left to companies today, end quote. Company culture is important because it is the shared values of the people involved that make an ideal great and its execution strong. And while company culture is important, the type of company culture matters more. 20 years ago, few people could ever have imagined that Enron, with a $70 billion market cap, would go bankrupt by 2001. And yet it did. Why? Because the senior leadership of Enron promoted a corporate culture of greed and deception, along with a win-at-all-cost attitude that led to criminal behavior in its financial reporting. Did Enron have a strong company culture? Yes, it did. Just not the type of one that most legal businesses would want to emulate. But there's a type of company culture that has proven to excel time and again, producing long-term financial benefits for owners and employees alike. In a Harvard Business Review essay by Adam Grant, author of Give and Take, he cites a meta-analysis research study from a team headed by Nathan Podsikoff. The study reviewed research on more than 3,500 business units across a variety of industries. And what the researchers found was surprising. To quote Adam Grant, Higher rates of giving were predictive of higher unit profitability, productivity, efficiency, and customer satisfaction, along with lower cost and turnover rates. When employees act like givers, they facilitate efficient problem-solving and coordination and build cohesive, supportive cultures that appeal to customers, suppliers, and top talent alike. End quote. Company cultures that promote giving, either in the form of advice, helping others, and a focus on helping the organization succeed are the type of cultures that generate the strongest long-term benefits for themselves and their customers. But creating this type of culture is hard. It requires constant vigilance to weed out the takers and build processes that don't penalize people for making mistakes while encouraging creative ideas. It fosters a sense of community that acknowledges the contribution of the individual, both good and bad, as part of the whole. It is hard to make this happen, but it is the type of culture that we are trying to build in our startup company. And one final thought as we conclude this season of Thinker's Manifesto. In the coming weeks, we will be formally launching the latest version of our Thinker's app. I believe it to be the finest technology product I have ever had the honor of working on. Soon after, we will release the next version of our Thinker's Notebook. And all the while, we will be continuing to improve the educational material of our Thinker's Workshop. I believe that the hundreds of thousands of dollars I have invested in this effort will pay off. Or it may not. That is the risk that I take to invest in an idea and work on its execution. But the reward of working with people like Jared, Daniel, and Micah has already paid a huge dividend. I've had the pleasure of watching how they embraced a simple vision and how they have worked to improve on the idea and its execution for thousands of customers like Patrick, Adrian, Chris, Rob, Dan, and countless others. As I end this episode, I am hopeful for the future and excited to see how our company culture evolves. After all, it will make for some great stories in the next season of Thinker's Manifesto. Thinker's Manifesto